0: what people are talking about.
1: Let me hit you with some knowledge.
0: This is TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio.
1: TalkZone.com You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. welcome to mastering ourselves
2: boy weapons of mass destruction you know you just uh, you know they were there they weren't there they were there they weren't there the media will not pick up any hint of that they were there of course they don't want to do that because that would make President Bush look like he knows what he's doing if we don't want to do that well there was uh, a number of classified documents that have been released that obviously President Bush had in his mingers at the time that he made the decision to go to war that I don't know why they weren't released, but they weren't. They have subsequently been released. Our author today has researched so much, so thoroughly, backing everything that he has to say. What, a 500-page? Yeah, just about 500-page
1: Tehran's War of Terror, And it's Nuclear Delivery capability. Capability
2: by Stephen Hughes. So you're going to hear it from him, himself, who has done extensive research on this and has found many interesting things.
1: You know, his book is a lot like a reporting manual. He reports fact, 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 fact. And and it's just beautiful for, you know, like weapons of mass destruction. I always had a knowing that they were there and that you know. But you didn't have the facts. No, the craftiness of Saddam Hussein. You know, he was building a uh, renaissance in Iraq. And he was actually incredibly brilliant and really doing a lot with his people, but also he had them under his rule because he wanted to sort of be the head of the world and the head of the Muslims. So he had a big, huge, uh, a big, huge plan like the reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar and the greatest kingdom on earth at that time, kind of thing. So.
2: You know, when you're talking about this sort of a subject, you don't want an activist, you don't want an emotional person, you don't want a righteous person, you want an analytical. Here I will give you the facts. I will not embellish them. I will not alter them in any way. I will simply give you what the facts are.
1: Just like a mechanic, he builds by the specs. This is how it seems like Stephen Hughes is, which makes us trust him more besides... You know he backs up what he says here, so rather thoroughly. Yeah, we're we're pretty thrilled to have uh, Stephen, Stephen here. And
0: yes, thanks so much for having me on your show.
2: Great. You're welcome.
0: Our pleasure. Well, my first book on Saddam Hussein, uh, the Iraqi threat, and Saddam Hussein's weapons of mass destruction, was written out of my frustration from the first desert, the first Gulf War, Desert Storm. Right. Uh, we were really not that informed or given details that we needed on the Iraqi military. And I wrote my book. It came out in about late 2002, and I got an excellent uh, book review from the U.S. Army. Armor Magazine said that everyone should read it. It had a short run. And we have to realize when we start talking about Saddam Hussein, First of all, 70% of Desert Storm's Gulf War logs were lost to a virus, a computer virus. And the second thing is we've had much more declassified records since Desert Storm and what we've been able to slowly uncover here recently. We, we now know that Saddam Hussein actually planned and tried to carry out several chemical warfare attacks on U.S. forces. Uh, but they were shot down or stopped dead in their tracks. I actually cite an F-117 stealth bomber attack, that the unit specifically task with the mission of stopping and preventing a chemical warfare attack by Saddam Hussein. I also have a report from Professor Tucker and he goes into detail from other reports where there was limited chemical attacks, incredible information that this did happen by Saddam Hussein.
1: So was it was there a wind shift right when that war started that stopped a lot of it probably?
0: Well what we had is in part, there was a wind shift that stopped it. But they also found a huge stockpile towards the end of the war of chemical munitions. They blew it up, and then actually, it all ended up blowing back on U.S. troops. uh Oh. And that caused a lot of illnesses. Is that still, is that
1: where the Gulf War Syndrome came from? Is that stuff? Yeah,
0: I believe in that. Is that in part in lots of things? If we still have the highest death rate of u.s troops is still from the gulf war syndrome if you consider the numbers that were deployed in iraq that the percentages are just too high now one of the things you have to realize is when saddam hussein's chemical forces were trained by the former soviet forces yes now you mix your chemical weapons you don 't just shoot out a nerve agent you don 't just shoot out a blister agent you don 't just shoot out a mustard agent you shoot out a mixed chemical weapon that way you don 't know how to respond to it. Is it a blood agent is it a choking agent is it a blister agent yeah so that would that would actually explain a lot of the varying illnesses that we see among our for uh, veterans, including myself, I had, uh, for many years, had blood clots in my lungs, which the VA said were all in my head, and it took a civilian doctor, when he ended up in the emergency room, yeah. our almost died, it says, we don't know how they missed these. Wow. wow. And I, you know, I was able to get better, thank God, but for the longest time, you know, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Right. Just one okay, second. Okay,
2: you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charme Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time on Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Stephen Hughes, who's written the book, Tehran's Wars of Terror and its Nuclear delivery capability
1: you know um what what would it take to get through that to where you got your health back again
0: well one it took me to be in the hospital about three weeks and on oxygen and they had to give me heparin and some blood clot uh uh, removal agents yeah and uh, i had to get on first of all they took me off those antidepressants, which was just depressing my system, making my breathing even worse. Yeah. And they had to put me on different types of asthmatic medication, which I'll probably have to take the rest of my life. But there was a time I didn't even think I'd be able to go out and run. And I'm able, the last few years I've gotten so much better, and I consider it a real blessing. Uh I never smoked. I never worked in uh, uh a coal mine or anything like that, and I didn't have these problems. About a year after I returned from Desert Storm, I kept getting worse and worse and worse with breathing problems. But to to kind of backtrack, actually the largest chapter in my book and Tehran's Wars of Terror and its Nuclear Delivery Capability is on Saddam Hussein since my first book was on him. And what I point out is there are still tons of missing equipment from Iraq and tons of missing chemical warfare, uh, chemicals. Now, every year that the U.N. inspectors were in Iraq, they were finding more and more and more of Saddam Hussein's arsenal until late 1997. Now, that's when they found his key chemical warfare arsenal and that was vx nerve agent now vx nerve agent is the most deadly nerve agent known to man he had enough of precursor chemicals that he could have killed every man woman and child on the face of the earth not only that he had loaded it into scud missile warheads and in my book i have pictures from the U.N. inspectors who went in and found these, and the test and the results. Now, in late, about 2000, 2001, there seems to be a movement of materials from Iraq into Syria, and I talk at length in my book, one of uh, Saddam's top air marshals, Abda, he wrote a book concerning, said that when Syria had a humanitarian crisis, Saddam Hussein created an air wing where all these aircraft were going up into Syria. He said at that time, Saddam Hussein moved the bulk of his weapons of mass destruction into Syria.
1: So that was a a big dam broke, and and there Mm -hmm. was like 56 747 huge Mm jumbo jets that took loads of stuff over into the middle of Syria. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I'm a firm believer if we had gone in in 98 or even in 99, we would have found what we went in there in 2003 to get.
1: Well, the U.N. was just slopping around and was giving them all kinds of time. And then when we were pressing in, that's when they snuck it over to Syria. Isn't that right?
0: Absolutely. It, and there, there, there's been pictures that's been declassified that show there was even a truck convoy that went up that way. Uh, we know that there was $1 billion moved into Syrian banks. Uh, if you watch uh, Battle for Baghdad, a PBS documentary, they talk, uh, when they interview U.S. troops, they talk about they were astounded by the number of Syrian fighters they were running into in Iraq in 2003. So there, there was very strong bonds between Syria and Saddam Hussein. A lot of it has to do with the under table oil shipments, the UN oil uh, scandal with Saddam Hussein. Right. Uh, but we have to realize and what, what so many people forget: Saddam Hussein took Iraq and of a period of just a few decades built up the fourth largest military in the world with the largest chemical and biological arsenal in the East, and he had used them on his own people. The, the, he created these e- Go ahead.
1: Fourth largest army in the world. Isn't that something?
0: And he created these geniuses, these evil geniuses like Dr. Germ, Dr. Anthrax, Chemical Ali and so many others that came out of his educational system. How long do you think it would have taken, once UN inspectors left Iraq, for him to get all this back? It wouldn't have been very long. I, I, I estimate he could have had everything up and running in 15, 20 years tops. Uh, he was that type of person.
2: You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time on Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Thank you very much for joining us today. Our guest is Stephen Hughes, who's written the book Tehran's Wars of Terror and its Nuclear Delivery capabilities.
1: So Stephen, didn't Saddam Hussein have thousands of uh, very developed chemical weapon uh, engineers and thousands of very developed nuclear weapons engineers
0: yes, he did he had and he what he did is when he built up Iraq, he actually modeled it on Israel, he instituted a very detailed system of education for both men and women, for boys and girls. He sent his his people throughout the world to some of the top universities, much like Iran has done, yep. to learn these skills and bring them back to Iraq. And for the longest time, we did use Saddam Hussein to keep Iran in check. So he got a lot of military expertise from the U.S. Yep. And we have to realize that Saddam Hussein had these billions of dollars in oil revenues that he was using to To build up his military.
2: Okay, continue after break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. Our guest today, Stephen Hughes. Was there weapons of mass destruction? Where did they go? Were we right to go into Iraq? Stay with us.